to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. We back. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. Uh, I got a guest this week. I'm solo. No Ibrahim. Guest is comedian uh, Joe Russell. Uh, Joe Russell, which is, I think it's actually like my third white guy that I've had on. (laughs) So he joins those exclusive ranks of white guys that I've had on, which is almost opposite of most podcasts where it's like, exclusively white guys anyways joe russell's here very funny comedian uh here in new york uh he's originally from buffalo very abstract style but he's actually one of my favorites for that reason but before we get to that just gonna do a little intro a little catch up here we recorded this episode on saturday so you know a lot of things have happened between then and now. Well, not a lot, but, you know, some sports things happen. Let's see here. I've pretty much discovered that my Pacers suck. Uh, we suck right now. We're at the bottom of the division. Uh, we're one and six. So now I'm getting concerned. And it's especially breaking my heart because the Knicks are on top of the division in the East. So yeah, they're with five wins. But a lot of teams have five wins. And, you know. The standings are real weird right now because we're about six or seven games in. But Sacramento's actually in the playoffs and the Lakers are, I think, below them. Yeah, so it's like you got to know the Lakers aren't going to stay in the ninth seed or whatever they're at now. I think they're four and three in LeBron. I saw some highlights of him last night. I mean, he did this reverse windmill dunk that lets you know of like, all right, the seasons began now. Because I think he sat out, what, the last two games for the Lakers. And it was Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis fighting. And everybody was like, oh, this fight must be because Dwight got left off the NBA 75 list. Which Damian Lillard snuck on there. And we all were like, wait, if if people got to have a championship. And if Carmelo's here, LeBron's here, D-Wade is here. Like, how did Dwight Howard... And Chris Paul's there, too, with no rings. So it's like, if Melo and Chris Paul are here, then how come Dwight isn't? Because he's, you know, if you had to pretty much name an all-team, all-NBA team team for the last probably 15 years, see Dwight Howard got drafted 2004, then, yeah, it would be pretty much at the one Chris Paul, D-Wade, LeBron, Carmelo at the four and Dwight at the five. That's pretty much the last, you know, 15 years of basketball or so, with the exception, of course, of the end of Tim Duncan's career and who Kobe and Shaq were kind of on their way out as these guys were hitting their prime. So, but yeah, they got in the fight, whatever. So everybody was like, oh, shit. The Lakers ain't shit, you know. Anthony Davis made the list and Dwight didn't. That has to be why they're fighting. And it just was like, yeah, so whatever. The Lakers are four and three, so don't panic. It's like, you know, I saw LeBron do a reverse windmill and was like, all right, it, it, it's, it's about that time. Knicks fans, of course, are going fucking crazy. Bing bong and all that. Spider-Man's in front of Madison Square Garden. Yelling about Trey Young. 
Yeah, he's yelling about Trey Young. <laughs> the white dude's like, Tom Brady, where that bread at? And you just go, yo, matter of fact, I think I'm going to insert that clip here. And then we'll talk about that clip because it's crazy of just like, what what do New York Knicks fans be doing? And like, that's, that's every time they do a clip, it's, it's Tough Talk Hall of Fame. The dude, for, for no reason, dressed from head to toe in Knicks gear, just yells out, Tom Brady, where that bread at? And it's like, what? And they keep telling Trey Young not to be on Dykeman. It's just like, bro. <laughs> Trey Young is never going to be on Dykeman, although he does look Dominican. But yeah, the Knicks are on top of the division. And like I said, they're killing me right now. All the Knicks fans are killing me. We're at the bottom and they're at the top. But we got Karis LeVert back the other night. And I mean, he looked good. He had like 15 within the quarter, within the half. And then they completely sat him down in the first half. Or they sat him down in the second half after he led us in scoring in the first half. So it was just like, what the fuck was that? And our rookie looks good. Duarte looks like he's going to be up there with Scotty Barnes and uh, who's the other guy, Evan Mobley, for the cast that looks like a rookie of the year contender. But Duarte is, I mean, he's a 24-year-old rookie, which everybody was like, what the hell? (laughs) And it's like, well, I mean... You know, the thing about it is you're going to be as good as you can be, probably. There's not much growth there, room for growth. But at the same time, it's like, well, if you're already pretty good, then do you need how much better do you need to get once you hit the NBA? So anyway, he's leading right now in rookie scoring. and But that's not a good thing for us, for the Pacers. It's like, yo, you don't need a rookie fucking taking 15 shots a game. And if you do... You're probably going to be at the top of the lottery. It's like, of course, Cade Cunningham is going to lead Detroit in shots because they don't have any other options. We got an all-star and Sabonis. We got Malcolm Brogdon. He's pretty good. So it's like, yo, and we're still waiting on TJ Warren, which everybody calls TJ Warren bubble Kobe because <laughs> he had a 50-point game, the first game in the bubble. Did he average, I think, 30? So... And then, you know, Sabonis got hurt. We played Miami in the first round, and Miami beat us, almost swept us. I think they, no, they swept us, and then went to the finals. And it was just like, that was the end of Bubble Kobe, a.k.a. T.J. Warren. And then he struggled to get back last year. He had a foot injury and didn't play, I think, but the first four games. And then this year, he played in training camp, and then now he's sitting out. But anyway... We miss you, Bubble Kobe. Hurry up and get back because, uh, yeah, we looking bad out there. We got a new coach, at least. We got rid of that Bajorkin guy, and we got Rick Carlisle back, who won the championship with Dallas. So we should be rounding into shape here pretty soon. But right now, we're looking bad. Rick Carlisle keeps running this zone, too, which I'm like, get the fuck out of that zone. Like. There's no excuse for NBA players to be playing zone. It just, it doesn't look good. Zone is for the YMCA. Leave it there. Like, everybody's too skilled. This is why you're a pro. It's like T-ball or something. It's like, what would Barry Bonds do to a T-ball? You don't have to answer that. That question's rhetorical. Anyway, but yeah, we should be getting him back. We should be able to do some things. 
as far as that goes, uh, Kyrie's still not back. He's still leaving the nets hanging. All pun intended, nets hanging. Get it? I'm like a bad rapper now. I'm repeating lines. Anyway, what else? Oh, well, Halloween happened um, last night. Got to do a roast battle at the stand. So, shouts out to uh, Matt Marin, who runs Comedy Fight Club at the stand and wherever they are. It's hard to keep up with where they are. One minute it was Lovecraft, which is a bar in LES. And now it's at the last night, it was at the stand. And I don't know where their new home is. I mean, obviously, the pandemic's shaking things up a little bit. If you're into roast battles, that's where you want to go. And even I think they have a website online. So look up, like I said, Comedy Fight Club, New York. And yeah, you'll see a lot of clips of, you know, roast battles and things of that nature. I did the character roast battle. So last night I got to be Kanye and I went against uh, I went against Helen Keller as Kanye during the uh, battle. So that was pretty fun. Got to be a little bit out of outside of myself there as far as dressing up i don't really dress up too much so that's the first time and i mean it, it wasn't i didn't have to go too hard because kanye kind of made it easy by dressing like a damn cat burglar all summer with the ski mask over the face so i did that version i got some pictures i'll post them up y'all can rate me and tell me how i did how close to actually looking like the donda version of kanye but yeah, I wound up winning the roast battle. What was the girl's name that did the roast battle? I'm searching for her name in the mind here. Let's see. Well, her name was Claire, but I was trying to remember her last night. Shouts out to her. She actually has some good jokes prepared, but your boy swings a little harder. Plus, I think everybody's just fans of Kanye. Ah, shucks. I can't remember her real name right now, but shouts out to her that played Helen Keller last night. Like I said, it was kind of fun. I shouldn't say kind of funny. It was fun. What am I talking about? Oh. Well, her Instagram handle is Claire Bear Pears. So there we go. But I'm trying to remember her last name. Anyways, it was good times. You know, the stand is a big club. They So they had like a Halloween party going upstairs. And then downstairs, they had the roast battle, which, of course, some people were like, already a little drunk or high or whatever and they were like oh shit there's a show down here i was like ah uh, yeah i think i'm pretty sure one dude was tripping on acid because he was just so freaked out by the fact that there was a show going on downstairs he was like ah, uh, i just want music i want to dance and i was like i never heard a dude say he wants to dance and he was by himself and it's like yeah man I'm pretty sure that's acid. Anyway, saw some pretty cool costumes. A lot of squid gamers, which I even got to see some slutty squid gamers. Well, one thing about the girls is they're going to slut up any outfit. Slutty nurses, slutty squid gamers, slutty sluts. They're going to slut it up. Which, who did I say? I think somebody said it's, it's, it's Halloween, not Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like chill out with that a little like uh can y'all calm it down but yeah it was it was some nice nice looking girls out on the streets in some slutty looking costumes 
you gotta ask them like wait are you are you always a slut or just right now <laughs> which is it is this just for tonight or you know is it like a cinderella do you turn back into a pumpkin at midnight or do you turn back into a regular girl at midnight anyway i don't know how that trend started but i'm glad it started because i get to see some scantily clad young ladies walking around the streets of new york some of them wearing less than others anyway uh, i think I'm, I'm still a little disappointed in the costumes though it's the same fucking costume since we were kids a lot of spider-man nobody's aunt may nobody's ever uh Jameson, Peter Parker's uh, boss at the Daily Bugle or whatever. Daily Bugle. Is that the Daily Bugle or is that the uh, Clark Kent paper? I don't fucking know. No, I think his is the Gazette and his is the Daily Bugle. Anyway, y'all got to spice it up some. I didn't see any carnages. I saw five million Spider-Mans, but not, not one person's Doc Ock. Nobody's... uh fucking lizard man like this is just like yo get some new costumes like i'm disappointed i still haven't seen a COVID 19 costume which you know COVID's got an emoji so you would think somebody would have made that costume by now but whatever anyway i had fun we party hopped a little went to a few parties shouts out to the people that stand up new york for a dope party got got to give me some free candy from them uh Went by New York Comedy Club after their party was pretty jumping too. Which yeah, you always just feel like the more space you have, the more jumping the party. So obviously the stand having people having two floors, you know, people on top and people on bottom seemed like the most packed. And there were a lot of people there that I don't even think were comics. But anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? Oh, it's rambling about sports. Uh NFL season, that's happening. Uh, who's running away with it right now? Somebody, oh, the Cowboys are fucking on top, but that got hurt yesterday, which my barber, my buddy, uh, dope comic I'm going to have on one day, Kenny Warren, he's a, a big Cowboys fan, so I have to talk to him next time I get a haircut about that getting hurt, which you know when your barber's emotional about something, you got to make him stop the Clippers. I'm like, hold on real quick, dog. We'll talk about the Cowboys when the Clippers is off. Like, we can talk about it before my haircut or after, but not during. Because I know you're emotional about it, and I feel like you you focusing less. But anyway, yeah, that got hurt. Uh, Jameis Winston went down against the Buccaneers, which that motherfucker was playing so hard trying to prove trying to prove basically that Tampa Bay made the wrong decision. And it's like, I think Jameis would have kept his job if it was anybody other than Tom Brady, but fucking Tom Brady calls, you gotta answer the phone, so and that's those 30 interceptions he threw which was like a record or whatever, but it's like you pass more nowadays than you do then, which going back to the NBA, everybody is uh, laughing right now at James Harden because for years he was getting off with those, the uh, you know, jumping into people basically, and they were calling foul and this year they, you know, put in a new rule or like an emphasis on not calling non-basketball fouls. That it's like you weren't even really trying to get up a shot. You were just trying to make contact and throw up anything and then hope you go to the line. And I mean, 
I got to show love to the style because I'm a big James Harden fan. But I'm also a Reggie Miller fan. And he kind of started that when I was growing up. But it was less. And like he was kind of the only guy doing it. Then Dwayne Wade, if you remember the finals against the Mavericks where he went to the line, I think a record 31 times in one game. So Dwayne Wade was doing it a lot too. And then James Harden just took it to another level that like, if you look at the compilations of him flopping, you'll just be like, what the fuck is that, bro? Like seriously, Trey Young was kind of doing it this summer too. So they went ahead and said no. And anyway, Harden's averaging about eight points less than he's been averaging and is going to the line a lot less and everyone's kind of laughing like and even I had to say as a Harden fan like you know these guys are averaging 31 and 32 points per game and you know 13 assists that you going yo even Kobe as great as Kobe T-Mac and Vince Carter and them were they only averaged 25 26 points a game I mean Kobe's peak peak years of like the Chris Mim years that nobody talks about when he didn't even make the playoffs that one time was uh, him averaging 29. So it's like these guys aren't better. The rules are just different. And it's funny because everybody kept saying, well, you know, Jordan and those guys, John Starks and them, they could never play in this era. And it's like, well, essentially take any great score from that era and they would average five more points per game or so. And, you know, Jordan or somebody like that add like another seven, which is crazy because I think his averages pre-Wizards are like 30. So it's like he'd be averaging 37, dog. Like, seriously? You know, no hand checking and y'all are able to jump into people on shots and get a foul. So it's funny now those people that were so loud about how they could never play in this era, it's like, you see how they one rule change modifies your favorite player's PPG? Because I think even Dame Lillard's averaging like eight points less. But it's a learning curve. I, I expect them to pick up the pace and be able to, you know, get closer to the averages. But it, it does make a difference, man. It makes a fucking difference. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, Jameis Winston got hurt, so I was sad to see that. He's... You could tell he really wanted to beat Tampa Bay, too, because it was his old team. He was running a lot that it's like, bro, you're not. And, I mean, he's a bigger guy. Cam Newton is big, and so is a few of those running quarterbacks. Even Lamar, I mean, I don't think Lamar's big for a quarterback, but Lamar's a decent size. But whatever the case, I saw Jameis Winston take off two or three times, and I was like, oh, he really wants to win. And then like that fifth time he took off, somebody hit his ass and that knee snapped back the wrong way. And it was just like, damn, man, sometimes staying in that pocket, you know, a lot of black quarterbacks, man, they got to learn to slide, man. <laughs> you got to learn to fucking slide. You look, you look like a bitch taking that knee and you look like a bitch sliding. And yes, this is the Tough Talk podcast, but you live to fight another fucking day, so. Seen Jameis Winston take off, and there was a point where it was like, yo, just sliding, and he tried to, like, run, and the dude grabbed him by the back. Damn near a horse collar, but whatever the case, it's like, dog, out for the season, torn ACL, so maybe they'll hit Cam Newton up, or maybe even Colin Kaepernick to go with his documentary, which uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous to watch the documentary because I was a little... I was a little 50-50 on Kaepernick, agreed with the cause, but then looked at him like, yo, but how is this fixing brutality, bro? Like, 
you're not doing nothing. Like, make your money while you can make it, bruh. And even then, he came back and made money, which, you know, the funny thing about Kaepernick is, is like, and this is the thing about taking protests of like, all right, well, police brutality, but then you're with Nike, Nike paid him, and you go, Nike's made by kids in Asia of like, so how righteous can we be? You know what I mean? And when the world's never going to be perfect, which even speaking of, you know, was, uh, it was funny because Friday, I think on Friday, the rapper Fetty Wap got arrested. You know, he had all types of drugs. I think cocaine, heroin, fentanyl or whatever. They said it was a drug ring, right? And he was in it. Long story short, everybody started freaking out about the fentanyl. And it's just like, I don't know why y'all think drug dealers are nice people. Which you can pr pretty much insert the easy joke here, right? Uh, Fetty Wap got arrested with 1738 pounds of cocaine or whatever the fuck, kilograms. <laughs> they said he had 1738 kilograms. Anyway, insert easy joke there. Whichever easy joke about 1738 you want to make. Anyway, the point of what I was saying was it was just funny to watch people's reaction of like, oh my God, can you believe he had fentanyl and it's like drug dealers aren't nice people and it's like the nigga raps about trap queen all the time like that's the that was the name of the song trap queen you didn't hear him and he was trying to throw the feds off anyway like look <laughs> trap queen it's the lady you gotta watch them i'm not doing shit <laughs> it's her you gotta watch but anyway yeah, it was just funny to see people's reaction. Of course, the Twitter nerds came out in full force. Can you believe he had fentanyl? Yes, because you are trying to stretch the product. It's no different than when you ran out of ketchup and your mama poured a little water in there and shook the bottle up. <laughs> well, I guess it is a little different because a little water and ketchup ain't never killed you. Well, wouldn't it be funny if it did? I remember one time my mother, my mother took, my mother took the bag cereal and put it in the box. And then when we ate it, kind of explained to us that y'all can't even tell the difference. So I don't know why y'all tripping and told us, you know, fruit rings taste just like fruit loops. Although they look a little drier. They look a little more ashy like fruit rings. If you actually look at them, you kind of can tell the difference, but. To the untrained child eye, fruit rings might as well have been fruit loops. And she was laughing about it. I'm like, ah, gotcha. Anyways. But yeah, it was funny to see that. And, you know, people pretend to care about drug addicts. Oh my God, he had fentanyl. And it's just like, uh, yeah, I think we all watched the fourth or fifth episode of BMF on Stars, uh, 50's new show. And it's like, they're dealing drugs, so if you're sitting here watching this, you know, same difference. But you're going to be mad at Fetty Wap for doing exactly what he raps about? Yeah, no, people are strange. People have this these weird lines of morality in their head of like, oh, well, you know. And then you sometimes see that, too, of like, you know, women online will get take this angle of like, oh, well. You know, the gang members need to beat up the child molesters and, and the, uh, 
the, uh, you know, the sexually assaulted guys to sexually harass women in the streets. You know, the thugs need to beat, get them and the gang members. And it's like, these guys are as moral, immoral as fuck. You don't see that? Oh, well, the sex trafficking. And it's just like, that. that's part of gangs. So it's just, I don't know. We have these weird lines of morality of like, no, fucking drug dealers don't give a fuck. And just like I, like I said earlier, you know, they're the mom that'll fucking pour that water into that ketchup and shake it up. They're trying to stretch their product and make more money. Don't give a fuck about the use. And I mean, we we could argue all day about how crack, crack is actually not as bad as heroin. And I mean. You know, crackheads never OD. <laughs> they just lose their teeth and lose their soul, but they never OD. Their spirit dies, but the body still be alive. Whereas heroin, hey, your body's dead and so is your soul. So it just is what the fuck it is, like I said. But we all sat down on, at midnight on Saturday and watched BMF. Anyway, what the hell? Uh... <laughs> I'm almost done rambling. We'll get to the episode. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, on that same subject, I woke up yesterday, which was Halloween, and so Sunday morning to the news that Alpo died. Uh, Alpo, for those of you listening, from the movie Paid in Full, 80s drug dealer, you know, that era. And, you know, all those niggas are the reasons they made mandatory minimums and the cocaine versus powder laws, which is actually funny because if you think about James Harden, James Harden, they made those new rules against non-offensive plays in the NBA to stop James Harden like they made the cocaine versus powder laws or the rock versus powder laws to stop freeway Rick Ross. And Alpo and them. So anyway, back to Alpo. So Alpo got shot, if you haven't heard that. Uh, Alpo's dead. He's no more. Which a lot of people, earlier this summer, you may remember uh, the YouTube guy. What is his name? Hassan Campbell was kind of going off about Jim Jones hanging out with him in Harlem because he was in like a one video that Jim Jones was just hanging out, I think, up on 140th, 145th-ish in Harlem, where which Jim Jones is from Harlem. When they were battling, when Dipset was battling the locks, there was a promo video Jim Jones did, and Alpo was in the picture somewhere in the video. And, and not even on some like, this isn't my man's type shit, but he just happened to be in the background. Long story short, Hassan Campbell was like, so y'all out here hanging out with snitches. And then for some reason, he tried to call out Styles P of all people. And Styles P told him, I'm a grown ass man, dog. I don't give a fuck about no snitches. I've been a musician for 20 something years, dog. Like I'm not in the streets. And this funny thing is like people forget that it's an act for some of them. And for some of them, it's not. See Fetty Wap. Anyway, <laughs> 1738. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, you know, he's a grown ass man with a job is basically what Styles P was saying. I like, I, I hope they never have to see any parts of the streets or jail or snitches or any of that. And Styles did drop some jewels, though, say like, yo, 
You know how many snitches you're around on a daily basis? He just, Alpo just happened to be the famous one. And if you listen to this pod regularly, you'll know or you'll learn that I'm not a big proponent of snitching anyway because, you know, I think it all comes down to personal that it's just like, what what is my famous saying? Uh, everybody says stop snitching till their wife or their kids is missing. And it's like, yeah, that that's it because I've seen it, you know, I've seen. Thugs just shot, uh, and they were the main one. Two days before that, you can look at their Instagram, and it's, yo, 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 we don't fuck with the snitches. If anybody's a snitch, I tell them, stay far away from me. Then they get shot, then the funeral happens, then 10 days later, you see mama on the same Instagram page going, if anybody knows anything, and it's just like, uh. I'm going to have to go with what your son said before he died. And that it was, we don't fuck with no snitches. So anyway, I see how people give in to bullying and uh, really intimidation. That's that's all that is. And that, that code a lot of times was for the criminals. It wasn't supposed to be for regular people to where it's like, nah, you get up and go to work every day. You probably want to tell on what just happened right there. You're going to get into some gangster shit that you ain't quite even equipped to handle. Anyway, given in the intimidation, which is funny, on this episode, we actually talked about, uh, what were we talking about? Just a little about peer pressure. And, and one of the reasons I, I like to have people do fight stories on here is to see who they are and see who's underneath, underneath the comedy persona of like, who are you in those moments of confrontation? Like, do you shrink or do you stand up? And, you know, one of the most famous ones that we actually hinted at a little bit on this episode was, was the, uh, you know, the great 9-11 debate and how people will try to always act tough and be like, yo, if I was on them planes, and it's like, if you was on the planes, you wouldn't have did shit, but sat down and shut the fuck up just like they told you to. And that's the reality of it. So when you hear these stories about confrontation on the podcast, I want you to understand I'm trying to see who this person is. And I mean, we're all different people in different situations. But like I was talking about the story. There's a viral video on the train of just maybe probably Google man in New York on train slaps woman. And I'm you're going to see a lot of uh, don't look at the one with the eight ball jacket. That was one of the most famous ones. But. This, there was a recent one, so look up like the last week or whatever, and you'll see that story. And it, the dude is it's a white girl, and she's with her boyfriend, and he does nothing. But the dude kind of warns her before, like, yo, you being wild brave right now. And uh, no, like, I'm the dominant one. And the funniest part is, like I was saying on the later part of this podcast with uh, Joe, is there's more of you than there is of them. So going back to the snitching part a little bit, it's like, why would you let someone intimidate you? So anyway, going back to Alpo, I, I thought it was wild that they killed him on Halloween night, which is like, I'm sure the ambulance and the EMTs was like, but is he bleeding for real? Or is this fake blood? It's Halloween. Everyone's bleeding. <laughs> like, is this for real? But yeah, I think I think there was definitely a gangster aspect of like, yo, he never saw it coming. Somebody had on a mask, but everybody has on a mask on Halloween. So there was something, uh, what's the word, almost theatrical, very Phantom of the Opera style about them killing him on Halloween night. And I mean, 
a lot of people feel like he had it coming, which, like I said, the snitch thing doesn't even necessarily bother me because at some point they're all telling on each other anyway. And I think we all like to believe we'd be somebody different. But if a motherfucker looked me in my eye and said, bro, you got life. Hey, it's I'm about to start talking. Woo, I'm about to start hitting some high notes, singing like a motherfucker. Anyway, I don't want to be singing uh, Casey and JoJo. Somebody gave me life. Yeah, you're going to be singing that one. You've seen the movie. <laughs> life with Eddie Murphy and Martin. I don't want to be like that. Jangalang, jangalang. Anyway. Uh, what was I talking about? Just, oh, the, well, the, well, the most dishonorable thing that he did, and you notice if you watch the movie Peyton Fool, was he killed his man. He killed his own man. And he told the story on, I saw some shit on YouTube, and he kind of was telling the story. You could really just see how greedy they were, because he was saying, you know, basically he was making, you know, 300K, 400K that you go... If you're making that much, why would you kill your man? And he was trying to say, well, he had them bricks. And he was basically lying to me about, you know, the plug and how much he was making and then not giving me my cut that you go. What the fuck did Ronald Reagan unleash on a community? It's all Ronald Reagan's fault. Anyway, I think that's about as much as I want to talk on here, though. So, like I said, on this episode... uh me and Joe Russell, we talk about uh, some things. What do we talk about? Just Halloween memories uh, growing up, you know, Halloween. Uh, we talk starting comedy in New York. We talk heavy about comedy and just, you know, starting out and some of the do's and don'ts. Uh, and then we get off into uh, Joe had a dark moment in a bar dark moment and almost got into a fight but you'll find out which by the way now i'm remembering he never told me what the song was it was basically a fight over karaoke but you'll see or an almost fight over karaoke so joe had to get a little confrontation which is out of character for him but anyway yeah go ahead check out this episode and uh Without further ado, here it is. Like, share, subscribe, rate and review the damn podcast, people. Anyway, I'm off here. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Hey, what's up, Joe? Do I sound good? Yeah, you sound nice and clear. How about me? Awesome. Cool. Thanks for doing this, man. Uh Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I overslept a little myself, so. Ugh, fucking vodka, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, comedy and being out late. I think I did like three spots last night, so yeah, I was drained. I said, but I think I probably woke up, turned it off, because <laughs> it wasn't even on. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm not even mad. I was like, what was I thinking? One o'clock, I mean. Typically, it's not a problem, but I think I was that was the time I was doing it during the pandemic, so it was like, ah, whatever. But I was, now that I was in Salt Lake, yeah, now that the spots are picking, oh, shit. yeah, uh, I was out to <laughs> 3 a.m. last night, so I, I was in I Salt Lake was... City, and then they're like a couple hours, uh, you know, earlier, so. Since I came back, I've been staying up to like four or five. I just haven't gotten back to sleeping. Yeah, you're still on that Mountain West time. <laughs> yeah, that's tricky, man. What, what what was in Salt Lake? 
Uh, that's where Olivia is from, my my fiance, and oh. uh, <laughs> I haven't been there in uh, God five years. We we've been we've been there for seven years, and this is the second time I've been there. Uh, so we okay. went there, saw her mom, a few of her friends. We filmed a few cheese shows there. Uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you found a girl from Utah that's not Mormon. Yeah, she's not really anything. She's uh, her mom's uh, Jewish, I guess, but they never fucking did anything. Yeah, I feel like, like that. that's a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> of people in Utah. It's got mountains and stuff out there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, did you go check out any mountains? No, see, that's the thing is like I'm so fucking busy. We just like. We had this Halloween episode of the cheese show that was crazy with green screen and everything. So, like, we just, like, had f- food with her mom and seen a few of her friends. But we really just, like, had to work the whole time. <laughs> we oh, can't okay. just, like, yeah, go yeah, on vacation. And stuff. That's cool. Yeah. We had, like, two days of shooting and then the rest of it was editing. So, it's, like, we didn't get to, like... Go yeah. do anything. <laughs> I gotta check out the uh, cheese show, the Halloween edition. I've, I've checked out a few episodes actually. Yeah, the Halloween uh, one. Uh, we went crazy on that one. So you guys are really talking about all the different types of cheese on the cheese show, right? We do a different cheese every week, and uh, when we first came up with the idea, I uh, I was like, "Aren't we gonna run out of cheeses?" And Olivia's like, "No, there's thousands and thousands. We'll mm-hmm. never run out." <laughs> so you'll love this. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you, you know Andre Thompson, right? Yeah. So like Andre, Nico, they always make fun of me because one night I went in the store with Nico and like we were just in the supermarket and I just looked around and went, why does New York have so many cheeses? Like being from Indianapolis, it's just, I don't know. There's not that many cheeses that I thought there was like maybe 10 different types. And then I come to New York, you go on a supermarket and there's literally like an entire like four or five sections of cheese that you're just like, who the fuck needs this much cheese? Well, have you ever been to Murray's cheese right down the street from like uh, where we like McDougal and stuff like it's there's literally a store that's just cheese and there's like that's insane five of those in the city and it's like fucking all sorts of shapes of cheese like there's like ones that are like pies there's like the the triangular pieces it's weird then like they make fun of me for it because they'll just be like so you guys don't have cheese and i'm like no you you you're from here like you have to not be from here to understand the insane amount of cheeses that are in your store. Right. And like, if we didn't have a cheese show, there's no way I these. Like, there's so many crazy ones. Yeah, it can get so crazy because it can get so specific. Like, you know, Gouda breaks down into not just Gouda, but smoked Gouda. And I don't know. Then they start mixing. It's almost like, like how there's all those different species of dogs. <laughs> some of of them some of them smell like dogs too (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then they're thinking that this is the thing i was telling them cheese is mold and they were like what and i'm like you guys don't remember like third grade science yeah so this is an entire section of mold you are purchasing mold (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, if, if you ever thought about it like that. Like, I was talking to Phil Duckett, and he's like, I can't stand blue cheese. The mold part grossed me out. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think? The It's all mold, though. You're just, it just looks like it on blue cheese. Yeah, it it's looks the same blue, shit. but the, the curd should, should tell you, like, yo, that's fucking mold. Like, <laughs> I think it's insane when I go somewhere and they're like, blue cheese. And, it, and it, it's a strictly an East Coast thing because. I lived between Georgia and Indiana as a kid, never really saw blue cheese, and then moved to Buffalo, which is actually where you're from, right? Yeah, you moved to Buffalo? I lived there for 10 months. Really? It's a long story. Uh, My brother passed from cancer. He was like 27, and I just was like, yo, I got to get the fuck out of here. And I was trying to transfer (laughs) for my job. And okay. literally, people were telling me, like, dude, you know, that's not anywhere near New York City. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> it was just so young. I was just like, whatever. Just get me out of here. Because I realized if I stayed there like another month or so, I felt like I was just going to spend my rest of my life in yeah. Indianapolis. So I, I just mean, wanted I, to get the fuck out. I mean, I love Buffalo. I just... You know, if I want to do stand up, and I, the reason I moved here was not stand up, but I moved here for a job to film industry. I'm like, there's nothing in Buffalo, but I fucking love Buffalo. I have the best friends ever. In another life, I could see myself staying there. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I I just went back home to Indianapolis because actually we were supposed to do this podcast like maybe a month or two ago, I think. And I mean, fucking Joe, for for my listeners, for all 15 of my listeners, uh, Joe actually did my uh, podcast cover art. So I kind of been trying to get Joe on for a while now. And I mean, I took like a three or four month break during the pandemic from even doing the podcast and just kind of getting started back up now heavy. And then, yeah, we were supposed to do it like last month and I wound up having to go home for a funeral. I mean. Nothing changes home, right? <laughs> like, it's like pretty more, much the same. Yeah, more, uh, you'll see, like, a, more or something. <laughs> right. You go, you go home, and it's, like, a six-month. You see, like, people age a little bit because you see, like, six months, six months after you've seen them, <laughs> and they have, like, one more yeah, wrinkle. Everyone, <laughs> and I'll say that about even Indiana. Like, everyone's fat. Right. Yeah. And now you don't realize like how fat America is until you leave New York. And obviously, if you're in L.A., now that's worst case scenario. Right. But you get outside of New York, even where people are fairly in shape. I think it's the subway because everyone's you know, got to go up and down the stairs. Yeah, you're forced. To. There's no. If they are, then uh, they're just visiting. <laughs> there are some, and and I mean they they're talented because it's just like how are you maintaining that when you got to go up and down the stairs in the summer like the rest of us? Then there's the whole heat situation, even so, and then there's the whole you know living on the 19th floor of a walk up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean elevator. I, Buffalo, I mean you know they're just all eating fucking wings and pizza. Shit like that, like you can't even find like a chopped, like a salad place that doesn't exist. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you order a salad at a restaurant, it's like iceberg lettuce and like two big, giant slice wedges of tomato. Remember? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
not the same. And you get that door-to-door service like in Indianapolis where, you know, everybody's driving and they're literally looking for the closest parking spot. They're driving around in circles in the Walmart parking lot for like 10 minutes. And it's like, just park, uh, just park 10 spaces back, fatty. Like, (laughs) cut the shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, The the grocery store near my parents' house in Buffalo, uh, it's like, takes, they drive there, you know, it takes like two, three minutes to drive there, but like 15 minutes, 20 minutes to walk there. And uh, right. that's how much I walk that on my way to the subway and back. Right. And, and that doesn't even count the stairs and stuff once you get into the subway system. And then you got to factor in, like, we can only eat what we can carry because none of us have cars here. So right. Coming from the grocery store is like a fucking workout in itself. Dude, I'd probably be fat if I was in Buffalo right now. I'd be fat, and I'd have a DUI by now, for sure. Yeah, because they're like, <laughs> oh, every bar has a parking lot. Uh, what do you think's going on in that parking lot? Uh, I went in this bar, I drank, I came out. I don't know. You do the fucking math. Yeah, dude, I've, I've, I lived I've lived in Buffalo until I was 22 or something. I've, you know, I've driven when I probably shouldn't have a lot. Yeah, just, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I'm not proud of it, but you know. Yeah, none uh, of us are. None of us are proud of it. It like, happens. I, you I don't I make drove, good decisions. I drove my mother's car and she had her headlight out, and I kept telling her, like, well, I'm going to fix your headlight. She goes, you don't know what you're doing. And then, like, she was being so stubborn. I had to finally just fess up and tell her, like, look, I'm drinking and driving, okay? And this is a bad <laughs> Like, you're going to get me a DUI because you want to be fucking stubborn. Like, I'm going to go get you a bulb. I'm going to put the dip damn thing in. My mom's just, you know, super, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, she's just a nervous wreck all the time. So she's like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. You think cheese is mold, whatever. <laughs> My buddy. So yeah, you're, you're from Buffalo. Buffalo was cool. Like, I was there 10 months, and then, like, I would come out to New York on the train, which is, like, a seven-hour ride. But when you're, like, yeah. 25, you don't have anything to do anyway. No. So. No. I like the train. Uh, there's, like, the, the dining car and stuff. It's pretty nice. Yeah, Amtrak is sweet. But, you know, I haven't done it in years because it's, like... For twenty more bucks, you could just get a plane. It's like too expensive for a train. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like a thirty-minute plane ride. <laughs> yeah, you you literally take off and you're in the air. They give you peanuts and then you land. That's crazy. Yeah, I've never took a plane from here to there. Never, never drove either. Like I said, I would always just take the train. I don't know why. I think that was just the first way I discovered to come, and then just kept going. But eventually, I was just like, oh. Uh, people in Buffalo would always be like, yo, if you don't have family here, you're not going to school. What the hell are you doing here? Are you in like the witness protection program? <laughs> and then I figured out after 10 months of drinking and eating wings that, yeah, let me get the hell out of here. <laughs> but it was yeah, a bu- cool time. Like I didn't even realize Buffalo wings came from buffalo new york i always for some weird reason thought of like the animal buffalo oh yeah <laughs> I don't think really 
but then you go, oh, okay. And then, like, I, I love that everywhere there would be like, we have the best wings, or we started the Buffalo Wings. And it's like the place across the street said they did too. Yeah, the Anchor Bar claims to have started it. And I think it's true. They have like the story about it, but I don't, I've never been there. And from what I've heard, is they're not even that good. Uh, there's, there's That's so, so many funny because, yeah, all places. these locals would kind of be like, you know, tourist or whatever TV show, the Food Network will tell you to go to Anchor Bar, but they're like, nah, fuck that. Uh, Anchor yeah, Bar. Was, any, what was that? What's that? I'm saying if, if anybody wants to know where to get really good wings, just DM me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anchor Bar was pretty good, but but I think they, they there was some truth to what people were saying of like, eh, those are like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a tourist trap almost. But, yeah, I mean, there's one in the airport, you know, so. Oh, wow. That's serious. <laughs> Fucking get on a flight. That, that's actually the air- only. Yeah, that's the only anchor bar I actually went to. Is I've had I've had the wings at the anchor bar airport before. <laughs> Hilarious, yeah, man. Uh, fucking, there was a bowling alley that I think had the best wings, and I mean they were serious, like honey. That's very possible. Wings. That's very possible. Yeah, it was a bowling alley on the south side, so like Abbott Road or whatever. I think. Yeah, there's a like there's a place. Street. There's a place that it's a bar. And it looks like a house, and it's it's not even in Buffalo. It's like a, it's like the city over, and they've had they have the best wings in my opinion. They fry them, and then they 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 you know shake them in the sauce, and then they put them on the grill. Oh yeah, and they, put, See, yeah, and they that char them up a little bit, and they make well, their yeah, own fucking blue fucking cheese. Grill them and fry them, and you're just like, thank you. This is the best wings I've ever had for seven dollars. And a lot of cheap drinks, too, man. Yeah, there's nothing to do really but catch a DUI and watch the Bills lose. I feel like I'm rich whenever I go back because I'll go to the bar and uh, I'll order like five or six drinks and my bill will be like $15. And I'll be be like, that's the price of one drink here. So I'll start. Same thing of going back to Indianapolis that you're just like, what the hell am I doing, man? I could come back here and live like a king for. I'll buy people shots. I'll order right. shots yeah, yeah. for all my friends. <laughs> like, it's on me. <laughs> and then I'll just, I'll just give the bartender like a tip where they're like, "Are you sh?" I like, yeah, right. this is what I would have spent five bucks. Vacation <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, I was telling my friend when I went home the, a couple months ago, like, "Yo, I, I feel like." The way I act is like I just got out of jail and leaving New York. <laughs> so I just pick up things and go, this isn't tied down. You Dude, didn't I was... fucking change the bathroom key. <laughs> you just keep the restroom unlocked. Right, right. Like I was going to dive, dive bar. Uh... Get in there. Yeah. You got to lock that door, baby. You can't just leave that unlocked. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, okay, my landlord, my old landlord in Harlem, well, no, my new landlord in Harlem put up Halloween decorations. How long did that last? <laughs> they got stolen, and it was just kind of funny of, like, welcome to the neighborhood. Because <laughs> you just think about it, and you go, well, I, I had lived here, well, I had lived there for, like, eight years, and my old roommate still lives there, and he's just like, dude, eight years, have we ever put up any decorations? And you think about it, and you're like, 
Nope. <laughs> you don't even need decorations, Halloween decorations in some parts. It's like, this is scary enough. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's like scary enough, man. New York <laughs> And you can't even tell, like, in New York, you're like, are you actually a cop? Oh, this is a real ticket, like, because everybody's always dressed up. Dude, post-pandemic, New York is fucking scarier now. Like, (laughs) yesterday, I got on the train, and there was a guy just going down the road, just yelling at people. And I'm like, I got to get off of here, or he's going to rob me or something. So I go on the next car, (laughs) and the pissing right on the car. I'm like, really? Two in a row? <laughs> you went into a and, worse car. Yeah, and this is at like 4 p.m. <laughs> That's hilarious. Not even late. It's, it was, uh, I was talking rough. to somebody the other night, and I was like, they were talking about St. Patrick's Day in New York, and they're like, yo, they got on the train, and people were drunk, and they were fighting, so they were like, it took forever to get home because they stopped the train. And she was like, I was high. I was like, yeah, they need to almost separate the cars. So I'm like, okay, if you're high, go in this car. If you're drunk, yeah. over here. It's a great idea. That way, everything that's going on makes sense. Dude, I worked my first year here. I worked square on St. Patrick's Day. And that's, of course, all tourists there and shit. Dude, I went out for my lunch break at noon. There was passed out fucking white bitches on the like like laying on the side streets in Times Square because they have all those fucking pubs. Yeah. <laughs> noon. One too all, many bar crawls. All wearing green. <laughs> oh, St. Pat yeah. St. Patrick's Day is crazy. And then, 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 and then New York has its own like holidays, like what? Santa Con and different stuff. The city is trying to shut that down, and they just can't. They can't do it. Which is just all excuses for people to get drunk. That shit's insane. Which is so funny. You're like, you're not that into fucking Cinco de Mayo. You're not even Hispanic. Comedy shows that I, I run a few comedy shows on, like, and when it's SantaCon, I have to tell people, like, do not bark and bring people in that are wearing anything Santa. Because it's just going to be a disaster. <laughs> they've been drinking yeah, since noon. It's, it's a disaster <laughs> and even Halloween like uh, I realized well I got a roast battle at the stand actually but it's a character battle because I don't I try not to do the actual roast battles it's like uh, yeah. I don't know if my is thick enough for this shit <laughs> yeah yeah like, yeah in front of my dead brother I gotta punch you I'm pretty sure but <laughs> that's the rule uh, but uh, people yeah, are ruthless uh, I, I was proud of myself because I don't have any regular spots. And and in years past, I have. And there's just like a random Batman person heckling you. <laughs> like people well, feel like people don't apply on Halloween. Well, there's I, I went to the I went to see a show at the Comedy Cellar four years ago. My my girlfriend's uh, dad was in town. So like, all right, let's go to the cellar. They specifically sent you an email saying, if you were wearing a costume, you will not be allowed to see the show. You will not be allowed in. And it's like, that's, that's so it's smart. It's Because, <laughs> yeah, and anyone wearing a costume is just going to be so disruptive that you can't yeah. get anything done. And and you know what it is? It's like, and it's so weird because they're adults, so you think they would get it. But it's like, you're not Batman. You're just... Yeah. John, the asshole ruining the comedy show. 
Yeah, and uh, I have four shows tonight, and I'm I'm preparing myself for the worst because we haven't had a fucking good Halloween in two years, and I think yeah. it's gonna be people are gonna be oh, yeah. losing their fucking mind tonight. That was the thing they were out last night, you know, all through the village or whatever, and dressed up in their fucking and then in their slutty versions of Squid Game's characters. <laughs> You're like, how did you even make that slutty? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not mad at you because it looks great on you, but I just didn't picture Squid Games characters looking that way. But I'm pretty sure Squid Games characters didn't have that much cleavage showing. But thanks, Squid Games, or what I like to call it, a, a crazy broke Asians. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Like opposite of crazy <laughs> for the listeners who don't get the jokes. Watch it. Have yeah. to explain the joke. Yeah, just watch the show. <laughs> People don't get the jokes. Uh, yeah. What was I gonna say? Uh, you you got four shows tonight. I think I'm on one of them. You are. So I will see you at at some point. <laughs> I think it's at ten or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. But yeah, people people start early in New York. That's what's weird. It's like, yeah, even last night they were all dressed up. So people, a lot of people party the whole weekend. And like you said, we haven't had a fucking Halloween. And, you know, since the pandemic, I guess we missed last year. So Yeah, that one didn't happen. But like the yeah. village is crazy. It's like, it's literally like gay pride, but with zombies. Yeah, you're kind of like, I, do you actually, like, you can't tell who's dressed up and who's not? You're like, oh, you actually need change. You meant that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I thought that was a costume, man. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's hard to tell who's who, but yeah, there were a bunch of cops just hanging out in the village, too, so, you know. Shootings there, like, uh, I think the last couple f- real Halloweens, there was, like, actual gangs, gang shootings, like, Dougal, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing that makes it like, hard to report. Ba- barriers. Like, oh, yo, the Joker just shot a guy on 4th Ave, and you're like, which <laughs> Joker? There's like 15 of them. <laughs> <laughs> just arresting random Harley Quinns until you get the right one. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so, a real a guy dressed like a Ghostbuster got shot. <laughs> So I ask you, uh, since we're on the subject of Halloween, did you were you like allowed to celebrate as a kid and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, we loved it. Uh, we'd go crazy. I would look forward to it for months and months in advance and decorate our house. My mom's birthday on Halloween. His birthday's on Halloween, and oh, so it was, it was always a party, and we always had neighbors around. Uh, so, so, there was years and years. My my parents five big bags of candy and we yeah. had because just i think neighborhoods sort of go through phases where they're like oh there's like a bunch of kids and then the kids grow up they move out then the then there's no kids for a long time and then the parents they get old they die and then a new generation comes in so i was lucky enough to grow up when the neighborhood was thriving with little kids yeah, um, yeah. but now i think it's sort of dying Right, my parents' neighborhood. It's gonna go through another cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all a cycle. That's crazy that your you said your mother and your grandmother's birthdays are on Halloween. 
Yeah, but not her mom, my dad's mom. So, uh, oh, wow, yeah, that's so it was, it was like a weird thing. Yeah, I bet they uh, hate Halloween for that reason, though. It was just like, ah, it's my fucking birthday. Everybody, calm down and take off the damn Batman suit now. Like that <laughs> sense. Well, I think I think as a kid it might be fun because then your friends come over for your birthday party. Everyone's dressed up, but I mean, you know, if if your birthday was on Christmas, that would suck because then you're. How many yeah. gifts do you get where they're like, this is for Christmas too? <laughs> Any holiday birthday's gotta almost suck because it's just like this is this day is supposed to be about me. <laughs> or Everybody if you got a summer out. birthday and then yeah. at school they, they, they like they just lump all the summer birthdays together and do it in one day. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. I was a summer birthday too. Did you what what was your coolest costume growing up? Uh I don't know. It probably was a Jedi five in a row. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the end of it, I just had this one mask I would pull out. Like I was, and that's what's weird. Like by the time you're about thirteen, you just lose completely lose the spirit. You're just in it for the candy. Yeah, there's some. There's a few trick or treaters that are a little too old. <laughs> yeah, you're like, did you even try? You're like, nope. Just slapped <laughs> on the same mask from last year. And went and got candy. That's hilarious. Yeah, you start losing the spirit. But when I was a kid, I think I was... I, I remember I had like a, a fucking Superman mask, I think. And I was just wearing the cape. And then I put the mask and it was so hot. And it was like cutting my face. Oh, you're talking about the plastic ones? Yeah. The, the, the would, plastic joints. And the ones with the rubber band. That would... face. <laughs> yeah, with the little band that would... And then by the end of it, you're just holding the mask over your face at people's door. <laughs> Seinfeld has a joke about that, about uh, uh, where you're wearing your winter coat over the costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too cold I mean, out. I, I don't think Superman was supposed is wore a winter jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's really a disaster. <laughs> Really a disaster. I remember when the scream mask got popular. I feel like I feel like it's the same costume since we were kids. Like you still see a lot of Spider Man's that never goes out of style. Scream huge. Scream was yeah. huge. Scream mask, uh Michael Myers mask. I I'm up like memes and stuff. It's kinda interesting actually, because you just like if you're not on the internet, you got to be staring at some of these costumes. Like, what the hell is that? I asked my dad when I was a kid about like how his Halloweens were, and what was, and he said he was a hobo every single year. <laughs> See <laughs> now, people that was be his like, costume. That, that's being mean to the homeless, or he said he would just find uh, he'd find like a big old like a shitty old jack. And like clothes didn't fit him, and he they make his they make his face and his hands like dirty, like <laughs> like he he said he said he took a wine cork and light it on fire so it got like ash, and they would just yeah. he would like make his face like dirty. <laughs> that sounds like black a, a little. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe you your dad might the be truth. <laughs> Your dad, the mayor of Toronto? 
<laughs> yeah, maybe he's not telling me the whole truth. <laughs> That's one thing I say about blackface, even like, like when people are like, because the mayor of Toronto was that Trudeau or whatever. He was looking like Aladdin. And people, a lot of people will just be like, well, the thing about it is you could just wear the costume and even without, you know, your skin color, people will know who you are. And then you actually see it and you're like, I don't know who the fuck you are. No, you can't <laughs> like, need it. Without the color, I don't have any clue who you are. Which is well, so he fucked did, up, man. He went too black with that black face. He was the, he went past Aladdin to like Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. He went into like Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball Z face. <laughs> which is hilarious. Just like the history of this country just dogs us so much and keeps us from having fun. And I think I pretty much agreed that like, yo, any kid under like 12 gets a pass from me because even they're talking about like cowboys and Indians that that's you can't even do the Indian anymore. Or the Native American, you know, that's just respect. It's just like it's he's fucking seven. He, he wants he's like he's like looking up to these figures, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So to me, I'm just like, all right, well, we're adults. Should the mayor of Toronto have blackface on? Fucking probably not. Uh, the mayor of Virginia too. I think he was Michael Jackson, and you're just like, can you be a mayor without having worn blackface? <laughs> Starting to feel like a requirement. <laughs> How do you feel about if if I think it's not as bad if you're be a specific person, right? So like when they show to cancel like Jimmy Kimmel being. Uh, who was he? Carl Carl Malone, or was he? I think uh, he played. Yeah, Carl Malone Shaq, and Shaq. I think he imitated Chris Rock, and he had black. Oh, that's uh, that's the other Jimmy. That's the other. That's was hilarious. That, that was so Fallon, you can't right? be a late night show host either without having one <laughs> blackface. I wonder if they know they they're halfway to being mayors. <laughs> I, I think it's actually the governor of Virginia, Sarah Silverman, too. It's a requirement. <laughs> Which she's interesting because she'll always, you know, kind of be like, you know, you know, people saying anti-Semitic stuff. She's always really on that. And you go, well, you fucking wore blackface. So what are you you like? I don't know. It's it's all strange. And, and, you know, within context, because then you even think of like Tropic Thunder that it's like that movie's funny and no one gave a shit. Right. Right. I think as long as there's a third wall, meaning like if you're, it's the difference between getting a script and going into a television studio with a green screen and filming something versus just painting your face black and walking out into the streets. Yeah, that's, I can see why you have a problem with that. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of uncontrolled variables there that enter the equation of like, you know, people aren't in on the joke, so they're just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I could see someone. Though, I could see people trying to cancel Tropic Thunder in a, in a few years from now because people don't really look at the context. They're not going to take the time to realize that they were uh, making fun of this guy. You know, the, the, well, the, like Robert I said, Downey... the context of it matters. Like I said, if it's within 
you know, the realm of like being funny and in a movie. And I think that's ultimately what gets even Sarah Silverman. And you know what it is too, of like, you know, she's trying to be so righteous. Whereas, uh, what is his name? Was it, uh, Downey Jr. Who, who played He's not a big like, hey, don't be saying this kind of thing guy. That right. is like he doesn't come off as hypocritical as she does. Because every time she says something on Twitter, people just reply with a picture of her in blackface. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> not I, I've, never, I've never seen that episode of her show where she did that. But I, someone told me that like it was sort of that character. It was making fun of how out of touch she was so it's like even that's sort of taken out of context you know yeah yeah i guess it's a little removed and i'd have to really look at the context of but like i said ultimately i think you know it, it always dogs us to try to be you know these big speaking on what is or isn't right and i mean for me i think as best as I ever came up with as a comedian is like, look, I know I cross certain lines and say things that may piss off some people, but I'll say like, you know, certain things like, oh, I didn't like that joke or what that thing that this person did, but I'm not, I won't go after that person. Yeah. Of like, yeah. get them fired, blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, you know, fair enough. We're all human. Even though we are comedians, too, we may say, yo, I didn't like that fucking joke that, you know, Chappelle now did or whoever. But I'm never the guy that's like, oh, I'm signing a petition to remove, you know, whoever from whatever TV show. Or like, eh, sometimes you don't like some things. And we're trying to hold people to standards of now when may, they may have done something 20 years ago that was a little bit more yeah, acceptable. Like, look at Eddie, uh, Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy's old specials where, you know, he's, he's talking about gay people. Like, that wouldn't, yeah, fly, that wouldn't fly right now. Judging yesterday's people by today's standards. Uh, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find I see that shit a lot where it's like, and like I said, you know, as far as the adults go, it's like, all right, we're all adults. But then, like, I, I saw a little girl, you know, dressed up like Beyonce and, like, painted her face. And people got pissed. And it's like, she's fucking eight. Yeah. Like, you know, she's a fan of Beyonce. She doesn't know anything about blackface. <laughs> she, she doesn't know right. critical race theory. None of it. <laughs> In her mind, in her innocent little mind, she's just like, I fucking love this person and I want to look exactly like Right. So, yeah, it's just like, whatever. Who, who gives a shit if a little black girl powders her face and wants to be, I don't fucking know, Adele. It's like, yeah. who am I to be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> the history of this country just starts showing her slave documentary. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing to my eight-year-old? <laughs> just being a fucking buzzkill. Well, actually, uh... <laughs> so uh, did you did you start comedy in Buffalo, or no? You started in New York. Moved here to do a to be an editor on a TV show. College and. I applied for a job, they gave me a job. So that's the that's actually probably the thing that the only way I was gonna get out here. Like I had to be like forced to move here by a job. Like I needed that push. Gotcha, uh, yeah. 
And then when and you need money in the city, yeah. like I, I meet a lot of comics yeah. from back home, and they're like, "Whoa." What are you, you know, comedy? And I'm like, you got to figure out how to live out here first. And then comedy's like second. Yeah, I think I had like $2,000 and I had like barely enough to make like two months of rent. And I was like, oh boy, because I, yeah. I moved here to be an editor and, uh, it, you know, it's freelance. So like once that show's over, you don't have anything else. You got to just right. apply, apply for something else or hope they like, move you on to another show and thank All god right. that happened but like you know yeah you eat what six you months was, ugh. what did you uh yeah. what did you study in school i did i did film and tv and shit like that what school? so uh, uh i did community college for probably like three or four years and i was a theater major for a little bit and then changed that to video and then I ended up doing some internships. I interned at Disney World. I interned at MTV. Then I transferred to Buff State and, you know, finished up the degree. Cool. Uh, so you so you, I, did, you did an internship at Disney World? That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I, did a, I was a Kim Possible secret agent for a semester. Uh, hey, man, that's dope. <laughs> I did shit like that. So basically, I got my four-year degree, and uh, it was like six and a half years. <laughs> Hey, man, whatever. I don't have one. Like, I'm always impressed by what people went to school for. I I went to school for, like, eight months for electronic systems and became an alarm installer briefly, learned to, like, run cables and shit. So yeah. that's the extent of my, like, post-high school uh, curriculum or post-high school education. So it's just, like, anytime I hear people talk about it, I'm like, nah, uh, I didn't do that shit, so... Dude, I fucking hate school. I hate school. Uh, well, it teaches you to be a good, basically a good slave, so or a good worker, a good employee, and that's people's issue with it. Like, you know, those memes and stuff, or those sayings where people are like, you know, a salary is the uh, drug they give you to forget your dreams or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, the only thing I learned from college is like. When they give me, I have to do like short films or short sketches. Like that's yeah. the only thing I got out of it because they made you do it, so it pushed me to like make things. Right. Uh, but I feel like it's just college is sort of just a test to see how much bullshit you can put up with. So like if if you can do four years of all these stupid classes and assignments, then like a company knows that you can deal with that all that shit. Well, they know you can show up on time because you had to be to right. class. And even if you right. didn't necessarily go to class, you figured out a way to get your grades. So, yeah. There's, it's basically yeah. just, can you complete tasks? There's so many people that should not be there. And it's just, it's just forced upon you. And that's all you hear in high school is, you gotta go to college. You gotta go to college. We, we, we would get sat down with guidance counselors or go to uh, uh, assemblies and they just hammer the college thing. It's like there's so many people that are going to go there, get $100,000 in debt with with nothing. Yeah, I love Kanye for that reason. I mean, his first album, College Dropout, is probably the reason I didn't go. Yeah. Because he's just like mocking college. He's like, there's a skit where he just makes fun of like, 
my dad was so greedy with his degrees that he even took my degrees. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm homeless, but I have these degrees to keep me warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why aren't we like, teaching yeah. kids to like go and become like an electrician or like plumbers and stuff. And then right out of college, you can go and start making like 60 grand a year, you know? Right. You, you almost, I would almost say, you know, the boomer generation or like our grandparents and our fathers, like right there in those generations, they got drafted into the military. And it's almost mm-hmm. like we got drafted into college. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Just like, I'm, I mean, it's not nearly as bad as going, going off to Vietnam, but, <laughs> but you get where I'm going. Yeah. And we're all just come home like, what What did we do that for? Yeah. Yeah. What is it good for? <laughs> you hate the government and you got to pay student loans. And yeah, man, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm not, you know, super in debt from going to a four year school. But whatever, man, I don't think you guys brag about it enough. Like if I went, I would wear my degree around my fucking neck. Like people are going <laughs> to fucking acknowledge what I did. If I was a so, parent, I'd be terrified to send my kids to college and just like, it, I'd be worried about how they're going to come back. They're going to just come back all fucking woke with like half their hair buzzed. They're going to yell at eight year olds and be like, why are you painting exactly. your face to be Beyonce? <laughs> it's like, yeah, everybody's culturally appropriating something, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, they're gonna come back all woke. That's hilarious. But uh, so you after college, you figured out you wanted to do comedy because like you were kind of doing some sketches and stuff with production. Well, I actually did. Uh, I was a magician in Buffalo for since I was like, I started when I was ten years old, and then uh, it was really pretty much my only job until I moved to New York. So I would. Oh, that's pretty I would go cool, to, man. I would go to people's tables at restaurants and stuff like after they order their food and I would just do, you know, eight minutes, 10 minutes of <laughs> magic to entertain them and tips. And so I would do that, you know, all weekend. And now you do stand up comedy and make audiences disappear. Exactly. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding. Joe, Joe's <laughs> one of my favorite comedians, folks. Uh, Joe, Joe has a very what's what well, how would you describe your style, Joe? It's kind of abstract, right? Yeah. I mean I do I used to it's a lot of one liners and weird jokes and stuff and uh but now it's more crowd work and more weird one liners. Yeah, comedians always try to like get mad at that person, but I'm almost like you should thank them. At least like they're not about to go up and do some hacky gentrification joke. Like, you can do yours now. Like, yeah. I was just somewhere, and there was a comedian with a red nose on. Okay, interesting. And people got <laughs> pissed. And I was just like, nah, this is what we need. Like, we're one step away from being clowns. And, like, <laughs> I think, I don't think it's obvious to a lot of comedians because we're so serious until we see that person who's just on stage, like, juggling or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've tried to do the jokes where I'm telling about my life or online dating, and I'm like, this feels, I just can't. I just like weird stuff, 
you know? Yeah, it's not fun. And and, I, and like I said, I respect you guys because it's like, yeah, be the fucking different person, you know? Fucking wear a red clown nose if you want, like, whatever. Well, I think comedians just need to do up there, just do what makes you laugh. Do the, do the kind of comedy that you'd want to see and right. stay, stay true to what you want to do. Trying to do at least, and, you know. So, you know, obviously we all, but a lot of times people will come up to me after the show and be like, "You're you're very unique and memorable. And you weren't like yeah, anyone yeah. else on the lineup, and that means a lot." To me. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, you know, after a while, you're just like, "All right, gentrification joke number four, Tinder right. joke number five. So yeah, right. put a fucking clown nose on or go up and be abstract so i appreciate you guys because i feel like i'm more in the vein of like regular comedy stand up like um i, I don't want to say generic but just like more in the vein of traditional i right. guess right whereas you like abstract uh who inspired you man who made you want to do comedy like was there anybody you looked up to uh probably the first comedy that i i saw my remember when napster was popular <laughs> oh yeah my dad would download like little George Carlin clips off of Napster or uh, clips of Stephen Wright. Okay, so, yeah. So I kind of grew Wright's up definitely hearing those one-liners. Me. I, I yeah. can see you liking Stephen Wright, uh, Mitch Hedberg, you know, when he was around. Yeah, I loved him. I saw him on uh, Central Special, just like maybe the last five minutes of it. I'm like, who the fuck was this guy? And back then, before YouTube, you just had to wait for it to come back on again. So I would right or, or go be, find a comedy album. Yeah, so I would constantly be Comedy Central to see when this guy came out. And I think like a year later, they showed his special again, and I finally was able to write down. I saw the whole special. I was able to write down his name, and then you know buy his album and shit like that. And I actually saw him live. Three months before he died. Oh, that's awesome, man! In Buffalo. Oh, yeah, he came to Buffalo. Cool. And, yeah, because uh, there's no comedy cool. clubs there. Maybe there was then when I, I think there, there is now. Helium well, that's, had yeah, one of the places, but yeah, this was at a theater. Helium came as I was leaving. So where did you see him at a theater? I saw him at a theater. Yeah, and uh, there used to be Comics Cafe in Buffalo that closed down. I think it. 2007 i did magic there so i actually worked at a comedy club before i did comedy so i would go to people's tables at that comedy okay club. so you were a little in show business there a little bit a little bit what, i think i always work, wanted to do comedy or bombing in magic well nothing sadder than watching a wizard bomb <laughs> <laughs> yeah like at least with comedy, if you when you bomb, you don't get a laugh and it's embarrassing. But with magic, if something goes, you don't find their card, or you you just what do you do? You just go, I this guy just sucks, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like like that was the whole some thing. Kid staring at you like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Oh, dude, I did a fucking kids show once. And I did all my magic. And, so, and there was this little kid with, cr like, crutches. Like, you know, like, the, like, crutches where you have, like, disease crutches, the ones that go, like, up your whole arm? So yeah. It was, little, it was a little kid, probably five or six, and he, 
he probably had like or something like that. And the little kid next to him, his friend, looks up to me and he goes, "Can you make Jimmy walk?" <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> right in front of my friends, I, I just—it's all fake. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious! I, I didn't like, tell I, all these kids uh, like, nope, this is all just—it's uh, all just tricks, illusions. I, I can't really do magic. You're <laughs> like, you I'm not that? Lazarus, buddy. Uh, <laughs> can't do that at all. That's oh, pretty dope, fuck. though. You did magic, like, so you just were like one of those curious kids that was like, "How old were you?" Uh, when I was ten years old, I went into a magic shop. And I started taking, uh, I started joining the magic club. There was a monthly magic club for kids. And uh, I ended up working there uh, behind the counter, demoing magic tricks for people that would come in. Ah. Uh, So so I, you know, I wasn't getting paid or anything, but it was, you know. Pretty much an apprenticeship. Yeah. It was like doing open mics, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But one at a time almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that for like four or five years at this magic shop. And I think, I think every, almost, I'd say every kid has a magic kit or a a trick at some point that they do, right? Did you ever have like a magic set? I never did. Did you ever have like a, like a trick deck of cards or learn a card trick from someone? I mean, there were little things we learned, like just casual things, like like licking the nine volt battery and shit like that. (laughs) Like pouring some salt on the slug or a magnifying glass <laughs> on the ant. Yeah, I mean, okay. technically, you made the slug disappear. <laughs> Not technically think... a magic trick, but kind of sort of. But you know, yeah. I wonder if we're losing that because I don't see very many magic shops anymore. And now kids no. just have iPads. No, but, but you know, it's kids are going to learn magic different ways now. Now you can find out the secret to any trick just on YouTube and type. Yeah, it and it's like ah, you guys are ruining some shit, you know, with the Googles and whatnot. Now yeah, these kids I, know so much, you can't even pull a quarter from behind their ear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, I just saw that on YouTube. I know exactly how you did it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I could I could take a deep dive into uh explaining because the magic community is just so nuanced but you know there's a lot of magicians out there make their living by coming up with their own magic tricks and selling them to other magicians right Uh, it's something that i used to do too i used to i actually used to have my own videos and stuff that i would sell but there's a whole bunch of kids that'll buy the trick and then just give everything away for free on YouTube, just explain it. It's like a, that's hurting the, uh, hurting like the, the magician community. community. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Yeah. That's like a whole nother world. And like, you know, there's a few of you amongst us. I don't know if you know, like Matt Richards is used to be a magician. Uh, I think he still does it. Right. Yeah. 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 I think in his like headlining shows, and yeah. Harrison Greenbaum is another one that right, you know, right. You know, Harrison is a magic magician. Does um, yeah, that's cool, man. I, I wish I could go back and do my childhood again. I would have done some shit like that, but like, yeah, yeah I was too busy putting that magnifying glass on ants in the sun. <laughs> What's nice but, uh, is since since I was doing it since I was ten, it got me in front of people performing. So it's like 
Uh, yeah. But by the time I started doing stand up, I think I was more comics as far as open yeah. mics go and stuff. Yeah. I would definitely think so. That's that's interesting, man. Yeah, because starting stand up, you can feel like you're naked. Where did you start it in New York? Like, what do you remember your first time? Did you, how did you do? I took uh, I took the class, the comedy class, the comedy seller with. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, you started Rick Crow's class. Oh okay, yeah. Rick Rick's a good comic. Uh, yeah. Rick Crow was the host at the comedy seller for like twenty years, like two two decades. So he brought up. Every single person that is famous now, you know, awesome. Uh, so he taught he taught the class. And he's just incredible. He, you, I don't think you can really teach someone to be funny. Uh, yeah. But but what he did or what he does, he still does, and I recommend for anyone who wants to start. He like saves you like two years of mistakes. Of, so like I came in with a bunch of one-liners with punchlines but no one knew what the fuck i was talking about uh so he helped me structure the jokes and same page guy so that, yes that, that the jokes work and simple performing things like you're you're swaying back and forth you know you gotta you know stand in yeah, stand in your stand life stand <laughs> as if you believe what you're saying is when you're swaying it's just like you know it's distracting what the hell is this guy doing with his hips yeah yeah so just right. stupid stuff like that and uh, uh so i took that class i did that for a year i think i did maybe two of them with him and then i started doing open mics and... awesome that's good because yeah. you actually had a good comedy teacher there's a lot of comedy classes in new york by taught by people who just started last year Right, right. It's like if I taught a comedy class. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you? And I mean, I'll I'll be sixteen years in next month. I mean, only eight or nine in New York nine because I got here around Hurricane Sandy. But I would almost feel out of place of like, sure. all right. So yeah, certainly some of these comics I won't name any names that you're just like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, this it's like you're not even good. <laughs> $500 scam. <laughs> it's like you don't even know how to do it. You want, yeah, yeah, exactly. You want your comedy teacher to be like a fucking, someone that's been doing it for like three, four decades that are like road-hardened fucking professionals. Yeah, and just, you know, Rick Crumb's a good one. Just be past the few places that are reputable, you know, yeah. don't. Give me that. You were the house MC for Uncle Bob's Chuckle Hut for 10 <laughs> years. It's like, where the hell is that even? And I mean, I took one to start out, too. And I will say, I feel like a lot of comedians in New York, and you mentioned that Rick kind of probably sped up your process two years because it's just so many comics I see in New York that start out here and I almost feel sorry for them. Because you go, mm. oh, you don't have any sense of direction, you know, and, mm. you know, they're hosting a show, but they're going up and opening with their booty eating bit. And it's just like, dude, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to do that, but do that last, probably. There's a lot of comics that I'm on shows with and, uh, you know, they're maybe like four or five years in and I, I, I want it so bad to, t- to tell them to take that class and it's it would be so fucking insulting that but it's like simple things like say the funny word last on your joke 
you know right so that's, that's stuff like, that rick oh, taught me man it's so many people and i i have even a little bit of survivor's remorse not that i'm like famous or anything but just like like i told you i've been here nine years now next month and there are people you started with that are just genuinely good people but you feel like new york the scene almost gives people too much freedom and no one will ever pull you aside and go hey man like you said say the funny thing last and 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 like i'm saying of like you know you ever listen to an album there's a reason there's an intro you go up and say hi you know some of these new york comics or that started in new york they'll just be like you know so i'm depressed and it's just like well well thanks i watched a comic last night i hadn't seen this person in do stand up in three years and they got worse. It's like, <laughs> That's crazy. I I was so I was so excited to be like, oh, what this the person's I, much better. This person's gotten, and I was like, man, if 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 you can't at least get a little bit better and progress a little bit, like that's that's when I'm gonna quit. If I look back in six months or a year from now, I'm like, oh, I haven't grown at all. Right. Give the state someone that wants to actually do this. And that's the thing. Don't pick up the stage. I feel like (laughs) now I bump into a lot of comics who just overemphasis on new material that it's like, you know, there are guys who, you know, I don't want to really name any names, but I mean, I I guess the person that comes to mind is like a Greer Barnes, who is, you know, phenomenal. Phenomenal. You'll hear like a younger, no experience, be like, well, he does the same set. And you're like, yeah, and the set's fucking great. And and then you'll see these comics who are just like, it doesn't matter that you have new material. None of it is any fucking good. Yeah, yeah, you don't even have old material <laughs> just like do you watch porn it's the same positions missionary doggy maybe a little reverse cowgirl in there stupid like and don't you know you know and don't listen career barnes is is writing new shit don't give me that shit either you know it's like no 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 definitely yeah he definitely yeah. is but i and i think what they're saying is that they see some of the and it's like and you should like you know i'm, I'm more of the seinfeld school of you know the audience should be new, not the jokes of like, what are you guys doing? So yeah, that's that's actually so fucking funny that you're just like, yeah, I saw a guy and he had gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that also comes from like I had a friend recently just asked. Wait a minute, I gotta to... correct you. I didn't say it was a guy. <laughs> oh okay, okay. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I said it was. <laughs> oh man yeah we gotta quit using gender we're gonna get in trouble here but uh yeah man that's funny because yeah that's like, almost like seeing someone fall up the stairs you see so many people fall down the steps that one time you see someone fall up you're like oh that was pretty cool that was different yeah like yeah. oh you know i see so many comedians <laughs> get better and now i'm seeing people get worse yeah <laughs> that's it's fucking crazy. funny I think there's definitely a, you know, a balance well, of doing doing the same shit and writing new stuff. Well, like you, you know, said, you I uh, tank. I um, when I started, you know, I started at a comedy club called Crackers in Indianapolis, which you know, insert bad joke there about 
crackers and whatever. Anyway, we had to take a class because our first step to working was being in-house MC. So they made us take the class. I think it was like $25 per session. And it was like 10 sessions. And, you know, by the time you did that, you did get to work the club. But there were rules. You know, you couldn't say fuck. Uh, you had to, had to ask, you know, if anybody's celebrating anything. And I've told this story probably once or twice on here, but I literally there did. There was protocol? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally did, did the, the uh, was it the Hartford Funny Bone? Yeah, the Hartford Funny Bone a few months ago. And yeah, there was somebody who hosted Who Shall Remain Nameless. And I went last. I won't say I headlined because I don't like saying that shit. Right. Uh, and two people were like, yo, it's my wife's birthday. You know, one guy yelled it out. I'm like, oh, give it up for the birthday on the left. And then yeah. on the right yelled out, well, I'm not going to be the only one not getting any sex tonight. It's also my wife's birthday. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, give it up for him. <laughs> Standing in the lobby and another guy comes by and goes, I was trying to get your attention. It was my wife's birthday, too. <laughs> And I'm standing there going like back in Indiana, you got fucking killed. And literally there are headliners who, you know, just like road headliners like Todd Yawn and different guys like that that just work the Midwest that will fucking chew your head off of like if I go on stage and somebody's yelling at me about their birthday, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. That's your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And people view it as kind of hacky here. And I mean, I, I'll give credit to because my buddy uh, Nico White is always chewing me out about like when I talk about New York comic and it's and he's like, well, a lot of them aren't actually from New York City. And I mean, Nico's one of the good examples of a comedian who started here. And, you know, there's just so many comics that they take offense to someone telling them that they're bad, that, you know, that's actually the worst thing for you. My favorite uh crowd work i've seen hosts do this all the time where they're like who's is anybody celebrating anything oh you're still you're celebrating a birthday well happy birthday and they just move on like <laughs> there's no job i'm depressed and it's just like oh no god <laughs> this guy just you know and, I, and then i think that's a little bit of the uh you know comedy is therapy thing that it's like comedy's not therapy dickhead <laughs> Like, it's, it's close to it, but it's not actually therapy. You got to tell some jokes. <laughs> for right. God's so you get so many people that are just, well, I'm depressed. And it's like, think of yourself like a DJ almost. Like, you know how a party DJ will be, you know? If you got the dollar bill, you know, throw your hands in the air, wave them like you just don't care. And it's like, if he, the DJ actually came on at a party and was just like, anybody else in the house depressed? <laughs> People be like, what's with this fucking DJ? So I think it's Going that back. we think so highly of ourselves and we think that we're so far away from being clowns or DJs. I'm telling you, take Rick's class. That's <laughs> right. It's like you're the school the school fucking... of Rick Chrome is uh punchline every fifteen to twenty seconds. <laughs> you're a fucking wedding DJ, man. You're not so yeah, it's like fucking get out of your own and I mean, you know, by all means dig deeper and do your depression material but you know it goes 10 minutes into your set uh i did a comedy festival uh abff this year and it was just funny we had all these questions about what we could or couldn't say and i don't know if you know bob sumner but he used to 
he books the Apollo now, and he used to book uh, Death Comedy Jam. He like put that together. Shit. He was the talent coordinator, but he just got so pissed at all of our questions, and he's just like, you know, scratching his head, and he just goes, "Save all that stuff for your comedy special. This isn't that. This, <laughs> you know, approach just like it's a TV set." Yeah. You know, because one comic was just like, oh, uh, if I can't say the N-word, can I say and it? just was like, ah, <laughs> is that what you came here to do? <laughs> and this was a white comic, of course. Nah, I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> My jokes only work if I say the N-word. <laughs> right. But uh, anyway, we've been on here for an hour. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to do maybe a good fight story and we'll get the hell off here. You got any fight stories, Joe? So what do you mean by a fight right. story? Like, I don't, I've never been in a fight. You know, uh, no. it could be from your past, present. Maybe you did a bad magic trick and somebody like fucking flipped the table over or something. Mm. I always like to see if comedians are confrontational or not. I think I had one night this guy, I'll try to do this story without naming names because it'll be, but this guy just, he went to the bartender and I mean, the bar was kind of running the show and he says to her like, Hey, you know, the show was supposed to start at seven, right? So he's like, yo, it's like 7.15 and we haven't started. I got another spot or whatever. And she's just like, well, fucking leave then. You know, she's like talking to him like a dog. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, he's already spent his money or whatever, you know, train swipe to come down here. Like he might as well be able to do his time. So it just kind of stood up for him as she was barking at him like a dog. And I'm thinking, this is a free show. You let people talk to you like this for free. Yeah. And I kind of went to say, like, hey, you know, he already came here. It's like 720. Yeah. So when I started at 7, she's like, well, I'm waiting to see if more people are coming. I'm looking yeah. like, more people aren't coming. <laughs> There's five people there, and all you're doing is pissing them off because now they're waiting. Right, right. And he just didn't say anything. He's, like, looking down at his feet. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. It's so fucking non-confrontational. I can like, tell you I about... got mad because then she started saying to me, like, why the fuck are you trying to stand up for him? <laughs> and now I'm just like, dude, seriously? It's, it's it, you know, she's berating the both of us now. And it just made me realize, like, how unconfrontational a lot of comics are. Yeah. But interesting. I have some comedians on and they're just like, which fight story do you want? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, I mean, recently what happened to me, I, I got kicked out of a fucking bar for the first time, like, like a month ago. <laughs> and uh, that's never happened, ever. Did you get uh, thrown out by the bouncer? No. So I, I fucked up. Like, I'll admit it. It was, it was definitely all my fault. Uh, I was, it was, I went, I met my girlfriend and her friends at a gay cabaret piano bar. <laughs> so this sounds so fun. So you go, so we go in there, and everyone's so happy. Every, there's a guy behind the piano. Everyone's just singing show tunes. They're singing like Dis, <laughs> Disney songs. They're, everyone's like under the sea. <laughs> so it's like a musical. Yeah, yeah. It, everyone just sings along, and you tip the you tip the uh, piano player, and he'll play like your mus- your favorite musical, and everyone sings. Yeah. And so I've had a, I had a few drinks. <laughs> And uh, my girlfriend tries to give the piano guy 20 bucks to play a song. And there's, there's this, there's this woman sitting in front of her 
and she's she starts being like a cunt to her going be like you gotta put it in the jar you gotta (laughs) you can't just or she was she was my girlfriend was uh yelling out a request and she's like you gotta give him money you gotta put it in the jar hilarious so she's being a bit of a cunt and they (laughs) they they started they started kind of being bickering at each other yeah and so I waited like a couple songs because she's just being a fucking nasty bitch. And I had a few drinks and I took her fucking wine and I f- dumped it. I threw it against the wall. Just dump- <laughs> not, not, the, not the glass. I just like dumped it out. Oh, the wine. Okay. The wine. I didn't, I didn't break a glass or anything. I just, Hilarious. I just, I, I just didn't, I didn't think she was looking. And then everybody saw me do it. Even funnier. <laughs> Like, like five like the music pe- stopped. No, the music kept going, but and five, everybody just was looking your way. Five people, like the nicest people, just having a good time. We're like, we saw you do that, <laughs> and there's this huge commotion. I was like, oh fuck! The bartender comes up to me. He's like, he's like, you owe me seven dollars to buy this woman another wine. Hilarious. And I was like, you know what? You're right, and so I went up to the. I, I was like, "Can we talk? Go to the bar and talk to the, talk about this." He's like, "Do you think? Do you think that's appropriate behavior? Do you think that's how a human being should be acting?" And I was like, "I felt so fucking bad." <laughs> I that's you know, great. Sometimes you, you, you sometimes you're the bad hate crime because you you were also inside of one of their bars, and I do feel like they are at times a little like if they see straight people of like, what are you doing here? Well, this woman's wine that I threw was totally straight. There's no, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I was, was going to no, say she, that could be like a hate crime. You no, no, no. She was, man. she was, she was straight. Uh, Just in there dumping out people's wine. Yeah. I, yeah. And it like bugged me. It bugged me. It still bugs me. Like, I like sometimes you're the bad and you make bad decisions. And oh, like, that's the worst when you get caught. And yeah, you just gotta admit, like, ah, yeah, man, I, I was fucked up. Why'd I do that? The bartender was a nice guy. Like we we like chatted before when I was buying my first couple of drinks. And I was like, yeah. I, I was like, that was, and then, and then my girlfriend's friends are there, and it's just like you had tipped him before, and she's like, I I liked you, man. I was rooting for you, and yeah. I, I don't know what you just did, right? Did you ever try to explain like ha- that you were kind of drunkenly pissed because she was like yelling at your girlfriend or whatever? No, I I I just left, but you know, uh, I, if I could do it again, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> He just left. Everybody was just like clapping as you left. Yeah, it was. It, it would have been bad vibes if I would have stayed. And I was like, I've done a. I've got a lot to. I've got a lot to think that, about. Though, of like, <laughs> get the egg on your face. It's that thing of like when we bomb, how we all immediately leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You run for the door. Yeah, yeah. It's just something a little embarrassing about like a failed confrontational moment. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish I could listen. She was being a fucking cunt. This this woman, like, she was a terrible person. Uh, but I do wish I could have uh, apologized. Yeah, every now and then, like, you know, you'll see, like, especially like, guide a girl of like a confrontation of just like, you'll see a du- guy do something that makes absolutely no sense, and then you go, oh well, if that was a guy, they probably would have just fought. 
Sure. Sure. But because it was a girl, you like, I don't know, took her homework and just ripped it up in front of her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is great, too, because your girlfriend probably judged you and was just like, what was that? Or was she like with you? Like, hell yeah. She was so surprised because, like I said, that's the first time I ever did anything mischievous. <laughs> you went dark. So, she, So she was like. I can't believe that that even happened because I've never seen that <laughs> what, part what of you. What were you drinking? I don't know. Vodka. It's always vodka. That's hilarious. She's going to yeah. watch you next time you go to vodka. <laughs> like, eh, no Tito's for you. Yeah. Like so. the opposite of Jesus turning wine into water. And stuff. <laughs> That's fucking funny. You just poured it out. Some ladies red wine randomly. Yeah. 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 It's funny too. Complete my buddy dick was move. just in. He was just in Vegas, and he keeps telling me stories about like, yeah, man, I was in a strip club, and they said there were no lap dancers, but I winded up getting two because I'm just that smooth. And I'm like, they're probably running your face on the news in Vegas, being like, we're looking for this guy. <laughs> like, you were so drunk in your mind, you got them, and like, there was no confrontation. <laughs> Yeah, but there's probably some bouncer somewhere that's just like, man, this fucking guy was in here drunk and he like, <laughs> yeah. like, that's just the story you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> in, in your drunk mind, you yeah. think, yeah, it was just all good, baby. Those strippers loved me. And it's like, they fucking hated you. They, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm a performer. I don't like the audience either. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that's funny though. You just dumped out some random woman's wine. We're uh, all the villain in someone's story though. Yeah. No, I was definitely I I was the villain in my own story. <laughs> like one time as a cabbie, this this like I was letting this customer out and I was like on Broadway, right? You know, Broadway goes south, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm letting this customer out or whatever and like this biker, which you know, they're like fucking crazy, right? This biker is coming south and customer's getting out and he like just, yeah, and it's like, dude, the bike lane is part of the road, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I have to pull over. I can get a ticket for not pulling over. You know how fucking New York is of like, there's no room for anything. So he like hits the door or whatever. And I mean, when I say hits the door, he puts on his brakes and it's like tire hits the door as the customer's getting out. They get out because they're tourists. They're just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, shit, crazy biker guy because we all have seen him. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I'm like yelling. I'm trying to get out of the car or whatever, but he's got his bike against my door. So I can't really get out. Sure. Now the window's down, and he, like, pounds the top of the car. Get the fuck out of the bike. Man. And I'm just like, dude, I have to pull over. Like, where else yeah. is there to pull over? Yeah. Four lanes of traffic. One, is cars are parked in it, and then there's this bike lane. So I'm here. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, French or something. They start yelling shit in French. I'm like, <laughs> voulez-vous, whatever <laughs> And I'm just standing there, like, sitting there. This guy's against my door. He's barking. Now I'm trying to, like, maintain my composure because I'm going, yo, like, the fuck? I don't want to kick this guy's ass. Well, I want to, but I can't even get out of my door because he's against it. And the customer's there, so I'm kind of embarrassed. Whatever. He drives off or whatever on his bike, right? Yeah. Customer gets out. They go in the hotel. They yell out some, like, 
uh, profanity in French. They go in the hotel. I drive up a little. He's like at the light or whatever on his bike. And he's obeying the traffic laws now. And he's all calm. I drive up and just toss my coffee out the window at him. like, <sighs> And it's not hot. It's iced. And I yeah. almost all of it. So I'm not like wasting a fancy latte or yeah, anything. Yeah. I toss it at him and it just misses his head. And he's got his helmet on. <sighs> hit the gas and just swerve right. And I make this turn and I see him coming after me. And you know what's great is going back to your wine story that I'm sure someone saw that and didn't have the backstory. So in their mind, I'm the villain. Like, yo, that cabbie's fucking crazy. He's just drinking coffee at this guy on this bike for no reason. It's like, no, you had to see what he did to me four blocks ago. Right. I swerved the right or whatever. This guy is fucking, like, fucking just going for it, gunning it on the bike, right? He's right. <laughs> now, now the fucking light turns red, and I'm thinking, go through this fucking red light and yeah. possibly cause an accident or just stop. Yeah. He fucking just catches me right at the light. He fucking yeah. beats on my hood again. I get out the fucking car and he oh takes off on the bike. Now I'm chasing him. I just like pick up the stick and threw it at him <laughs> and it hit his back and he just drove off cussing. But it was just one of those things of like, what a fucking New York moment. And yeah. I feel like the city is so confrontational. Like we go our whole lives trying to avoid confrontation, but one day you're just going to be on the train and shit's just going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough where nothing too crazy's happened yet. Uh, but I've also learned, like, if someone's clearly crazy, do not engage in any. I've don't taken say the anything. opposite approach with that of like, well, I'm crazy too, booga 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 or whatever. Yeah, like get the fuck on. And I think New Yorkers ignore it, and I think that's why it goes on. Like yeah. there is this idea of like they only act crazy because they want to feel seen or heard they don't feel heard so sometimes i do like try to neutralize like okay and i'll give you this quick story and we'll get the fuck off here one time i was on the train and this um this guy was homeless or whatever he was all stretched out and this guy and it's like a young guy he might have been anywhere from like 16 17 to like 22 but he's with a girl, so he's trying to, like, kind of impress her. Yep, yep, yep. He's making fun of the homeless guy, and he's yep. mocking him. Ugh. And, okay. you know, he's got, like, two friends with him. Everyone's laughing. Sure. And, I mean, an entire ride for, like, ten stops. I think he was kind of pissed because he couldn't sit down. The homeless guy is stretched out on the train. And he's, like, scratching cartoonishly. Yes. And the guy's like, ew, like, oh, this guy fucking stinks. Da, 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 da. He's just making fun of him or whatever. So he's saying it out loud. So yeah. This guy, this guy and, can hear it. And I could tell, like, everyone on the train, and I'm kind of looking around, like, where are the adults to say something? Then you realize you're 30 now. You're <laughs> a fucking adult. So. Oh, it's me. <laughs> finally, yeah. Finally, after, like, five stops of him roasting this guy, just go, like, he's fucking. Come on, man. Like, what yeah. you, you know, he doesn't have anywhere to sleep. We get yeah. it. Like, you know, you're essentially pointing at a guy and going, look, he's poor over yeah. and over. Sure. But you're poor, too, because you're on the train with him. Sure. <laughs> so so now the guy and I mean, he he must have been like at the other end of the train. 
or and I was somewhere in the middle. Yeah. The guy hears me, and I mean, this guy's taller than me. I'm not that tall. Sure, sure. He must be like six feet, whatever. He starts making his way towards me, and it was funny. It was almost like a mutiny of the train car as he's making his way towards me. Like, what the fuck you say? I'm like, oh fuck, now nah, yeah, like this guy should have yeah. just let him roast the homeless guy. Yeah. It wasn't like he was reacting. Yeah. As he's coming towards me, another guy comes from the opposite end of the train, gets in front of me, and it's like, fuck you, I've been homeless. Like, you know, you're making fun of this fucking guy. He's fucking homeless. You don't have nowhere to stay. Yeah. You know, what the fuck's funny about that? And he's like, look at your shoes. He starts kind of roasting this guy. (laughs) Next thing I know, like a lady yells out like, yeah, leave him alone. Well, at least there's some kind of uh, train car kind of started to turn on him. And I'm just sweating because I'm like, oh, thank Thank God. 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 (laughs) And sometimes that's all it takes, you know, is one person to say something. Yeah, at least there's some at least there's some sort of unity left. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of see that energy a lot in life. Like, you know, one person says something and then, you know, especially with like kids on the train that you think back to when we were younger and like an adult would say something. Now people just kind of go, ah, minding my business. Mm-hmm. Just going to, like I saw a video of this woman got smacked on the train and she was with her boyfriend. And this guy is just going off. And then like the woman is the brave person. is a white lady. And obviously this guy was black or whatever. But yeah. And maybe I'll uh, add it to this uh, fucking podcast up top. But yeah. It was like a confrontation, the same kind of thing I'm talking about where this guy was just going off, you know, fuck everybody. I, you know, I'm on this fucking train and he just was angry. And this white lady just kind of interjects mm-hmm. and kind of goes, what'd you say? <laughs> she says it again and he gets in her face. He's like, say it again. Say, I will, I'll hit you. And her boyfriend is just standing there. And I'm like, well, I know they're not together anymore. <laughs> Because then the guy just smacks her and you go, wow. You know what? To to be fair, she took the hit well. And I don't think he hit her very hard. Mm-hmm. But it was enough to say, like, wow. And then, like, the girl is filming it. And you think to yourself as you're watching this, there's more of you than there is him. Yeah. Like, everyone, you're, everyone can you're come together. your phone trying to get this video. You're trying to make your world star video. Her own boyfriend is just watching her get smacked, you know? What like I said, he only it. hit her once. And like I said, I don't think he hit her very hard. But he wanted to show her, like, I'm the dominant one in this scenario. Shut up. And it's just interested in me, to just similar to that train car situation, that it's like there's always more of you than them. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, we could get off into, you know, 9-11 and that whole thing, too, because <laughs> we all like to think we're brave. Right. Right. It's like in that moment, you know, who are you? That's probably who you really are. Do you shrink or in yeah. this case of what I'm saying to or what the story you just told with the wine, they all yeah. kind of stood up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And they should have. <laughs> I, I was the asshole. I think we should get put in those scenarios more often because, like I'm saying, and I don't want to, like I said, get into, you know, what is it, uh, crisis actors or whatever. I'm not sure sure. Alex Jones, but in those scenarios that you got to think, you know, if you're ever in the air, that train car is the same thing. You're going to let that one fucking person take this whole plane down? Well, I don't think 
I also, I also, th- I, now we're gonna start talking about fucking nine eleven, and we gotta go. But uh, yeah, we're getting the hell off here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think that I don't think nine eleven could happen again now because I feel like back then when the when the terrorists were taking over the plane, no one really kind of knew what would what, what was, was going to happen in the past. When a plane got hijacked, they would usually just land it, and there'd be a hostage situation. Right. But now, knowing what we know now. I think everyone would everyone would stand up. Everyone would fight. Hmm. No, but here's what I think would happen. Still no one stand up because just like in the same way they're making fun of that homeless guy, you know, I had to be the one to say something. And to be fair, there was those hockey players that everyone forgets because they were trying to hit the Pentagon and they did kind of do something. But they're hockey players. They're used to confrontation. Mm-hmm. Uh these people, there'd just be a very clear video now from cell phone footage uploaded to Instagram. <laughs> and you go, you were filming the shit, you could have been doing something. <laughs> You've got, you know, insider footage at the, from five different angles. <laughs> you know, you got all the light, but you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably be, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's a little bit with the cancel culture and stuff, too, of just like, how could we even have another war when words are the issue now? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> be like ISIS, you're canceled. Like, have you ever been canceled? Like, forget sending the tank. But we'll end on that note. Yeah, uh, buddy. Everybody, go check out the Cheese Show on YouTube and Joe, yeah. tell them where to find you at. Yeah, you can follow me, uh, Jokes Russell, on Instagram, and then to find the Cheese Show, if you just type in Cheese Show on YouTube, it's the first thing that fall- that pops up and awesome uh, well, check out our halloween episode thanks for doing this man appreciate yeah, buddy. you and uh, thanks for having yeah, me there we go all right buddy i'll talk to you soon awesome bye